And welcome to another edition of the Green and Go Then and Now podcast. I'm Steve Zatke, along with my trusty sidekick, Jeff Orlowski. Hello. And Anthony Mandela. Hi. Hi. Hi there. Anthony is, of course, is one of the rising stars in Milwaukee radio. Absolutely. And speaks his mind. And we're talking Packers. And um, the ebb and flow. It's amazing. Packers, let's see. A, a, a week, a week and a half ago, we're three and zero going to the Super Bowl. We're going to go sixteen and zero. They had the best defense since nineteen eighty five Bears, and now they're like the Aints. They're yeah. awful. This is they'll be lucky. They'll uh, somebody, somebody, uh, one of my uh, my other job, one of my reps uh, from another state goes, "How are the Packers going to do?" I go seven, eight, and one. <laughs> Yeah, so, they might not win another game. It's I just I just love I love the mood swings of Packer fans. It's hilarious, especially working in a in a uh, sports radio radio station. It, it's funny listening to callers. That's, That's the same way with every fan base in every city. It's just like, however, I do have a concern. Devontae Adams, yep, the turf toe. For you know, this is the green and gold then and now. And we always like to uh, talk about uh, a situation today and how maybe it happened to the Packers before, and this has. Uh, Packer fans who've been around may remember Sterling Sharp. I believe it was 80, 93? I think it might have been the 93 year. Or 90, uh, Sterling Sharp had turf toe. And turf toe, when they, and when I saw the injury, I knew exactly what it was. Uh, and it it's it hasn't happened in a while. And and if you look, if if you saw it, the 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 I'm surprised it really doesn't happen more. Because if you looked at when Leroy Butler played and 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 other players older, and even like ten years ago, it seemed like the sole of the shoe was a lot heavier. And when you saw Devontae Adams, that shoe looked very very thin. Of course, it's for you're made. It's made for speed. But I was really surprised when I when I saw the the shoe. You could see the shoe kind of bent. It's like that's bad. And hyperextending that big toe uh, causes a lot of problems. It's an injury. Any any injury to a ligament like that, it it, it, it you need time. And unfortunately, it's a very painful injury, and they'll have to manage it. I don't ex- I do not expect him playing for, against the Cowboys. In fact, I don't want him to play against the Cowboys, and I wouldn't mind him seeing a taking at least two, three weeks off because I want that thing to heal up. And then, if possible, what they might have to do, and you don't hear this as often, get the shot to manage the pain because this is something he's probably going to have to live with the the rest of the season. Yeah, it's definitely a lingering injury. Uh, He's by far the – he's the only really real receiver that we have Um, because I – Geronimo Allison, no – MVS, not really. Uh, I don't have any faith in in either one of those guys. Um, so yeah, it, it's a lingering injury. It sucks. You know, you brought up Sterling Sharp. You know, if he could have stayed healthy, he would have probably gone down as the greatest wide receiver in Packer history. Mm-hmm. The guy had so much talent; it was unreal. And uh, you know, it sucks that his career got cut short, kind of like Nick Collins. And sure, you know, the list goes on and Nick on. Nick Collins with the Packers. does not get hurt. Packers win a Super Bowl in 2014. Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. I really do. I really think that. Especially when you see the way that that game played out in Seattle. 
where Tremont Williams gets beat over the top with no safety help, um, that's probably that's probably a good point because I think he gets caught up. Nick Collins does. Um, he, Jermichael Finley, and then also you look at the injuries to Aaron Rodgers that took away a good chunk of two different seasons. A lot of missed opportunity probably by injury as opposed to talent. Um, same thing with Sterling Sharp. Uh, Ron Wolf was on the Bill Michael show a couple of weeks ago. He talked about when they were building that team in Green Bay, they thought that they had four Hall of Fame players, two on offense, two on defense. Sterling Sharp was one of those four guys, uh, the second Hall of Famer on offense with Brett Favre. And you could probably say a similar thing that if Sterling Sharp stayed healthy, if his career played out, there might have been another Super Bowl book ending that Packers run in the 90s, just like sure. um, Nick Collins helping them get there um, in 2014. As for the turf toe, I, I had turf toe. Really? I got it playing softball. It is, and people probably make it out to sound like, oh, it's just your toe. Just uh, It's not that big a deal. It is brutal. You mm-hmm. don't realize, especially when it's the big toe, you do not realize how often you use your big toe just to walk. And I'm not a world-class athlete by any stretch of the imagination. No shit. But, <laughs> but, but, um, so Devontae, I'm sure where I'm going with this is, has a lot more resources at his disposal to speed up his recovery process. All I had was some like athletic tape and a bottle of rum to try to get, <laughs> to try to medicate myself Have back. A bottle of rum. And I, I was hobbling around for like two weeks. I couldn't walk normally with, you know, putting a normal amount of weight on my foot. And that's just walking, let alone trying to run, let alone trying to run on an NFL field and cut and trying to do all that stuff that he yeah. does. So, um, not not to derail your conversation too far, but I was talking to some guys earlier today. I'm actually a lot more concerned about what happens long term if you have to throw Alex Light at yes. right tackle with Brian Bulaga hurt than I am about Devontae Adams. Because at least in short flashes, they're not they're not Pro Bowl players, but you've seen in flashes playmaking ability from Geronimo Allison and Valdez Scantling. I have no faith um, in the Packers' depth along the offensive line right now. It is a scary uh, – I mean, you would have liked to have seen him – well, that's, I don't want to talk too much about the Eagles game, but, I mean, there were situations where – well, I guess having a, a head coach only coaching his fourth uh, game, we're, we knew there, there were going to be situations like this. And maybe uh, helping light out with a, a tight end that would chip and doing stuff like that. Would have would have, would have helped a little bit, and hopefully these are uh, those are you know changes that are going to be made coming up at the next game. But it's yeah, Alex Light was a concern. You hope that maybe Bright Lights just maybe wasn't ready. Maybe he'll play a lot better the next time because he, you know, he was one of the one of the rising stars in training camp. Of course, there's a big difference between training camp and playing on an NFL field in October and November. So we'll have to see how that that's a very good question though. I mean, how how does he move forward? And you, you and getting on 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 Jeff's point here with the wide receivers. This is why Aaron Rodgers gets paid the big bucks. Yeah. He has to make those guys look good. He does. And granted, you don't want a situation where the Eagles had the, uh, against the Lions where you had balls bouncing off of hands. That's a different story. But if if the ball is getting to them, you know, especially with guys with uh, MVS and, and, and Allison, it, it should work. But 
There's somebody missing, isn't there? Now, he's got a shoulder injury. Mike Clemens is talking about that. But uh, Jay Kumaro, uh, you'd like to see him step up and see what happens. I mean, well, when I mean step up, in, in situationals. I'm not, I'm not expecting the guy to catch go, you know, catch 10 balls for 140 yards. I'm saying, no, he needs to step up. We need to see that fourth guy step up into this, that slot. I don't have any faith in Jay Kumro to come in and make a, one iota of a difference on this team. You know, uh, for me, it, it's Tanyan. I think Tanyan needs to go out there, have uh, a big game, and he need, Tanya needs to step up. He's the one that needs to show Matt LaFleur that Jimmy Graham should not get off this bench. And Jimmy Graham was a waste of money because we all know that that's the truth. And, you know, Jimmy Graham's a shell of his former self. He sucked last year. He well, sucked so far through why, four why, games this year. Why do you think year. they resigned him? There's another reason. I think. I think they resigned him because Rodgers wanted him to re- and they wanted to throw a ball in his way. I mean, that's just my opinion. Well, that was a waste of money because – Well, they threw a bone Rodgers' way when they fired Mike, so. That's a big bone. Yeah. Well, that uh, – you know, that's proven to, to be a good move so far. You know, the disappointing thing for me with that Eagles game, and I know that the offensive line and defensive line were both getting blown off the ball. You know, we were just getting destroyed at the line of scrimmage, but to sit there and throw four times on first and goal from the one – doesn't make any damn sense. You know, you got Aaron Williams. You got uh, Vitaly. You line him up in the eye. And Vitaly's br- built like a brick shit house. That guy is, you know, he's just a 100% pure muscle. He's four foot wide. So Aaron Jones could just sit there and, you know, Vitaly could carry his ass on his back through the line. And to, to throw four passes in a row was just. Well, it's getting it was too brutal. cute. Falling in yeah. love with your play card. I and th- then he uh, Rodgers kept trying to shove it to Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and for whatever reason, it seems like Jimmy Graham now only gets the ball thrown his way when it's with a chance to score. Um, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. I want to see more Robert Tanyan. I want to see more Danny Vitale. And I want to see more Mercedes Lewis in this offense because you mentioned Jimmy Graham, um, Jake Kumaro for that matter too. There's a lot of talk, and Aaron talks about how great these guys are, and they're his pals, and he can trust them and all that. Well, if you can trust them, then they need to be on the field first. They haven't shown that they can consistently be on the field. They're banged up with something. Um, Even if they're not missing games, they're missing snaps because they need their workload managed to prevent something long-term. And last I checked, the way you become a reliable target is by getting opportunities and making the most of them. Jimmy Graham drops the ball a lot. Jake Kumaro isn't in the game a lot. Danny Vitale is yet to give me a reason why he shouldn't be part of the offense. And Bob Tanyan continues to make plays. I feel like we're we're closing in on a situation similar to Richard Rodgers, who I loved. The dude never dropped the ball. I understand that he's not going to blow the top off a of defense, and he's not going to catch a lot of 40-yard seams or anything like that. But when you needed five yards, you needed 10 yards, he found a way to get open, and he always caught the ball. And in fact, he won you a game in Detroit because of that specifically. He kept your postseason hopes alive with that Hail Mary catch in Detroit. If you threw that same ball to, in let's just say all things else equal, with today's staff, if you threw that ball to Jimmy Graham, where there's four guys draped all over him, 
Does he make the play? Nope. Does Mercedes Lewis make the play? I don't know about all that. All I know is that regularly there's guys in this offense who we see time and time again aren't necessarily flashy. They're not necessarily Pro Bowl players, but just have a little bit of a reality check. Packers fans and Packers as an organization, you're not going to have Pro Bowl weapons at every single position on the offense, no matter how good an offense is. There's only so much talent you can reasonably have and expect. And at some point, you can't force the ball to Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham was a Pro Bowler in past, a Pro Bowler no more. These other guys just have to step up. They're going to have to be a part of the offense for it to work. And Tanyan, Vitali, Aaron Jones, uh, Trey Carson has been getting a lot of praise from, from players and coaches alike. Those are the guys that win you games. It's not for all that's said and done about it. Dexter Williams might be a tremendous talent, but he's not ready yet. No. And Jimmy Graham might have more talent, but he can't put it together, whether it's because of injuries or whatever else. So at the end of the day, you've got guys that you know can make plays, that you've seen that are consistent and reliable to make those plays. You just got to get them the ball. It's as simple as that. And if it's LaFleur not scheming them into the offense, if it's Rodgers refusing to go to them because he doesn't feel like they're boys yet, I don't really care. All I know is it's just got to happen. Well, and, you know, you brought up Mercedes Lewis, who two out of the four games made a spectacular play. And then disappeared. And it's interesting, you know, he was brought in. He's, he's a very good blocking tight end. Okay, understand that. And you don't want a situation when, you know, you, you don't want to scheme yourself into a corner where whenever, you know, this, you know, your number two tight end comes in, you know, the defense knows it's a running play. So, and and he's been able to, and he, he caught a lot of touchdown passes with, with the Titans. Now, granted, I, I don't expect him to be an all-pro uh, tight end, but he, you know, he's made some plays, and it'd be nice to see him maybe get into the mix a little more because it's it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, he makes it. You know, he makes a spectacular play twice now, and then he just disappears. You don't see him the rest of the night. Right. Well, and that's the the stuff. Like you said, you bring in Mercedes Lewis. Everybody thinks he's just in there to block, and then you sit there and you have him run. You know, just a three four yard out. Have Rodgers hit him. And chances are he's going to have 10, 12 yards of running room. You know, there's a first down right there. So you've got to you got to switch it up. And uh, and I, you know, uh, there was a lot of people during the Eagles game that said that this offense, you know, reminded them of the McCarthy offense and all that kind of stuff. And it kind of did, but it's too early for that. You know, we should still be basking in the glory that that uh, McCrappy is gone. Uh, so I'm not willing to jump on there. And obviously Matt LaFleur deserves a fair shake at all of this, but, um, you know, the play calling has been bad and the run defense has been atrocious. And that's the only thing that makes me nervous heading into this Dallas game. Cause now it's Zeke Elliott. I, 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 th- yeah, Zeke is, is absolutely a cause for concern. I think you got my cogs turning there a little bit, Jeff. When you mentioned that it looked like McCarthy's offense, I don't know for a fact. I'm just wondering. Um, we heard some things out of training camp with Aaron where um, he was already developing the playbook ahead because before they were even installing the offense, he was connecting the dots in terms of the language between Lafleur's offense and McCarthy's offense. And in that game against the Eagles, that was really the first time that the offense was truly 
like tested, tested this season where they were going to have to make a play to get back into it. And I wonder if because he can he can connect the dots between the language in the two offenses, if he dialed into somewhat of a comfort zone because it was the only offense he ran for a decade. And he he knew, you know what? This worked with these guys when I had Mike. I know this is what Matt wants to do, but I think we can figure this out. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just, I don't want to say panicked because I think that that sells a little bit short what Aaron's capable of. But in terms of we're trying to win the game, let's not take a risk with these guys who don't necessarily know this play and let's not take a chance trying to get a little cute with it or fancy with it. We did this play for years. I know how to run it. I know I ran it with the guys last year. Let's just see if we can make it happen. And so I think he reverted back to, uh, you know, it was like the blanket a little bit, so to speak, Um, like a little kid has. Good point. That's why uh, you've got your master's degree. So I sure as hell don't have one. Yeah, well, you know, neither do I. That was a well-spoken, intelligent thought. I haven't had one of those in years. Uh, did you see Darius Shepard, of course, is our new punt returner, kick returner. And did you see Trevor Davis sprinting through on the gridiron for the Raiders to a special teams touchdown? I sure did. Did you giggle a little? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one touchdown, right. I you know, I don't care. Trevor Davis no. is... is he was a bust here, and uh, if he goes on to great success somewhere else, so be it. Do I think that he's going to be a success? No. You know, that hamstring's about to get pulled. Yeah, right? he's well, average, at, maybe? average at best. And, uh, you know, chances are he's uh, a hell of a lot worse than that. So, uh, you know, I, I could care less. Um, Billy Turner. What, what, what do you think of Billy Turner so far for a free agent signing? Mm. Eh. Eh. You know, not, I don't know, not overly impressed. No, I'm not. I'm not either. No. You know, I, meh. That's the only way I could put it. Meh? Yeah. What about Will Redman? I'm not too impressed with him. No, and but part of that is how it might be how they're utilizing him, putting him against tight ends and whatnot, and he might be playing a little bit out of position. Well, it is what and, it is, and you that's know, why that could be why the Packers are just bringing in all sorts of linebackers lately. But the thing is, though, is that you know it's NFL football, Steve. So you know people get hurt every single week. People play out of position every single week. You're making, you're getting paid to play football and people go down and your bench players need to nut up and get the job done you know yeah okay so you're out of position so just get the damn job done but you also want to put your put your players in a position that they can succeed so part of that is playing them at a a comfortable position not forcing them to be something else we 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 had a outside linebacker that that wasn't too successful doing that last couple last couple years, did we? No, you know. But my the best time of day for me to succeed, Steve, is between uh, you know 10 a.m. and 11:45 a.m. So, do you think that uh, any job is going to sit there and cater to uh, to my needs? Where, you know, I I, I need to sleep until 10, um, and then you know I wake up and I'm I'm productive from you know 10 10:30 till 11:45. 
then I need a little nap, and then I can be okay for, you know, for another hour or so. You know, it just, you got to, you fill the hole that you need. And if you're going to be successful in, in this league, you need to sit there and be multifaceted. You have to be able to switch positions and play in places you're not comfortable and actually deliver, and they haven't delivered. You know, um, we talked about Alex Light. You know, where the hell's Cole Madison? High draft pick. I know he missed all last year. Uh, you know, he had the personal issue with his buddies, uh, suicide and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, he gets back in camp, and I I was excited. You know, oh, here's uh, – he was, what, a third, fourth-round pick? Um you know, two years ago. So, yeah, we get this high draft pick back. It was like he took a red shirt year, you know, kind of. And uh, he's back in the fold, and uh, he should be ready to kick some ass. And uh, nowhere to be seen yet. That's a good point. I mean, this is, you know, you just wished when we're, when they're, when they start cutting players and you scratch your head, you're like, it's not a bad thing to have some depth, is it? Right. You know, especially on the offensive and defensive lines. You know that guys are going to get hurt. Everybody knew Balaga was going to get hurt this year. He gets hurt every year. Chances are Bakhtiari is going to get hurt and miss a game or two this year because he does every year. Um, You know, those guys get old. They break down. They have, you know, chronic back problems and all that kind of stuff. They need time. You know, you need depth. And that's why, you know, I hate to say I told you so, but Losing J.C. Treader a couple years ago, I think the Packers are still feeling that pain because he could have got so. him for cheap. Yeah. He could have played all five positions and played him damn well. And, uh, you know, you didn't want to pony up, and you sat there and kept playing Clay Matthews, who sucked ass the last couple years here and all that. And uh, we're paying the price for it now, and now we're trying to scramble for this depth. The depth should have been in place already. And uh, it, it's it's not. It's not. And it's frustrating. Well, it's uh, – w- w- what's your prediction for the Packers against Cowboys? Um, I think we're going to hold our own. I think it's going to really? be a close game. You know, I, I'm thinking 27-24. I think it can go either way, but I think Green Bay is going to win. I think they're going to get waxed. Why? What What has Dallas shown this year? I just think it's it. I just have this is one of the the games that you circled that okay yeah going down to Dallas I can see them losing this. Well yeah I can see them losing it too but you know Dallas beat three of the worst teams in football. Well let's and let's, then they they lose to a Saints team with the backup quarterback Drew Brees wasn't even in there. Let's see how uh, the, the oh this will be a good test for our um, our defense. I think what what will probably what they'll probably end up doing. Is playing it exactly how they play the Bears. Yeah, and make them make Dak Dak uh, Prescott beat you. I'm fine with that. Dak Prescott, you know, I know his numbers and uh, advanced analytics and all that kind of stuff says he's a pretty damn good player. But uh, you know, I have yet to see it. I hope Dallas pays him the moon. So do I, because he is not worth that money. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I don't think he is. I, I think he's more. He's more Kurt Cousins than Drew Brees. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think he's good. I, I wouldn't put him in very good. He's nowhere near great. Uh, so, yeah, you know, he's he's average. And uh, 
I hope he gets paid huge and uh, Jerry Jones writes a big fat check for him because, you know, that'll render the Cowboys uh, uh, insignificant for, for years to come, and that's always a good thing. Do you remember the 82 season, the strike-shortened season? I do. Do you do? Barely. I was, you know, I was yeah. only five, so I, <laughs> I remember it a little bit. That was one of the first seasons I remember, though. That's the first season I can remember that the Packers are in the playoffs. Uh, that's a, that's they, they did a weird thing because they only played nine games that year, and I believe the Packers were were seven games. Was it five? I want to say they were five, two and one, or five three and one. But they gave what they did is they just did a conference. They got rid of the divisions for the year, mm-hmm. so they just did a conference and put you know, and then they made them in. They, the Packers made it in by the conference, so they were in the wild card. And they killed Arizona. Um, I want to say 45 to like 17, I think it was. And then they played the Cowboys and, and lost. But um, that was big because I, I, I don't remember the 72 season when they won the division with uh, Scott Hunter. I do remember a couple games, but I don't remember them losing to the to the Redskins. Anyways, 82, there was another thing that just caught my eye. And actually part of it was it was was in 81 too. And, of course, you had, uh, you know, John Jefferson, you had uh, James Lofton, Lynn Dickey, Paul Kaufman, great offense, uh, Eddie Lee Ivory, who, who, who could have been a very, very good runner if it wasn't for that damn astral turf at Soldier Field. And uh, uh, Gary, uh, uh, Jerry Ellis, and, and, and just it was an exciting, exciting time. But, boy, that defense sucked <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah it was awful but there was a one, one one part of it was really fun and and i think it's kind of a forgotten part of that history and part of it i think is, is his name he has such, such a, a innocuous name gary lewis and gary lewis was a tight end and uh he, pl- he only played four seasons he played between 1981 and 1984 and he blocked nine kicks and including one in the playoffs in 82 and deflected one other. Uh, he had four alone in that uh, 82 strike shortened season and five in 1983 to lead the NFL both those seasons. The five in 1983 were often uh, blocks of potential game-winning or game-tying, game-tying kicks. His five blocks that year were composed of three field goals and two PATs, he didn't block any uh, kicks in any of his other two seasons. Uh, unfortunately, he had to leave football due to a serious uh, illness, and I believe he has since passed. But it's my understanding, I don't, I don't have documentation, but he was part of the reason why you can't go over the center. Okay. And you can't kind of hike yourself because that's what he would do. He was able to go... And he was tall. He was like a, I want to say he was like six four, and had very very long arms. You know, he had those probably those thirty five inch you know it, you know shirt sleeve arms, and was able to uh, block a lot. And I just remember as a as a kid in high school and junior high, I just I remember him just reaching over that pile, and you'd see especially that one one arm get up there and block those kicks. And I just thought, oh my god, he did it again. And uh, he's kind of a forgotten. Uh, part of Packers history, and and like I said, sadly I believe he's passed on. But kind of a cool thing, and they changed the rules on him, 
and uh, you you don't see as many kicks as he as he did back then. I suppose you know with the with the extra point being moved back anyways, you know. But uh, yeah, there was uh, you know everyone loves the thump, thump oh yeah sound. So yeah, block kick is one of the most exciting plays in football because it's so rare. Especially and, a punt. Oh yeah, you know. Um, you see it more in college. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's college, but. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot more games in college that, this is you true. know, more stuff happens. But, uh, but yeah, you know, five in a year, that's amazing. And that's got to be a record that still stands to this day, I would imagine. Yeah, in one season, yeah. But, you know, that uh, – that, nine, nine kicks total. Yeah, that's crazy. Short, that's a very short window. The, uh, the all-time leader is uh, Ted Hendricks, who actually played for the Packers at one year – in 1974 1974 i think i talked about this on one of the earlier podcasts that if you could put that 74 defense with that 82 packers offense they would win the super bowl yeah that 74 defense was very very dominating very very good defense uh you know you had ted Hendricks, you had fred carr jim carter uh, you know, and and just it really, really was, it was a was a very very good defense, and just but the offense, you know, then, then they made the John Hadel trade, and just the the just they lost they they were lost in the wilderness then for a few years after that, and they couldn't really gather it together. But yeah, that's seventy four. Ted Hendricks is the record, uh, and he has listen to this. Let's see, his total is. He has ten. He blocked ten punts, the second best ever, and fourteen block kicks. Wow! So, wow, that's crazy. Twenty-four kicks. He and uh, Alan Page is number two, and then uh, a, a gentleman by Dave Whitesell, who I, I vaguely remember. I, for some reason, he rings a bell with um, um, with NFL Films. I think NFL Films did a thing on him. Uh, we played with the Saints and the Detroit Lions, so those are your top three for block kicker, block kickers. So, uh, you like the Packers to win in Dallas? I'm a little hesitant. Uh, I say no, and uh, but you say yay. So we'll we'll see what happens, and we'll talk again uh, next week. On the, what's your score? Uh, see, I hate, uh, I'll say uh, Dallas thirty-one, Green Bay twenty. 23. Okay. Well, that's not an ass whooping. No. So we'll see what happens. It, 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 it you know, comes down to one guy, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Hope, we'll see how that, how that, how the defense goes. Well, hopefully the Smith brothers, you know, they kind of were neutralized against Philadelphia. And uh, if they can have any kind of game like they had in the first three games of the season, I think the Packers defense is going to hold up well. If they get neutralized like they did against Philly, I think it's going to be a long day. Well, and the Packers, I mean, get, get, we, we need to give some credit to the Eagles. The Eagles is still a very good ball club. Maybe, maybe they're, not, they're not on this run like they were two years ago, but they're still a team that could, you know, on any given Sunday, I know that's, it's cliche, but could beat any team in the NFL. Right. But they're also kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde where, and especially, you know, with the way Doug Peterson coaches, he's he's a gambler. They could also lose to any team on any Sunday too. So, 
It'll be interesting to see what happens. This is why they play the games, right, Jeff? Absolutely. You know, uh, this weekend was interesting, man. Detroit looked phenomenal uh, against Kansas City. You know, a lot of people are waking up to the fact that the Lions actually have a decent team this year. And, uh, you know, there was there was some, some standout teams. You know, the fact that the uh, Buccaneers went in to L.A. and beat the Rams. Well, it looks like Stafford could be, the once again, the second-best quarterback in the division. Well, sure as hell ain't Kirk Cousins. And Mitch Trubitsky is in trouble. Well, yeah, the Bears played better when he once he got out of the game. Well, not only that, but that if you when you looked at it from above, when he got injured, oh yeah, yeah, okay, he took a hit there. But when you saw that straight on shot and you saw how his shoulder was contorted, con- contorted, that's not good. Yeah, but it's his non-throwing shoulder. Obviously, you still that's need still it and bad. all that. Yeah, but... Right, but that's still. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, we'll see. But the Bears did this, uh, I want to say it was last year, where Trubisky went down. They played, like, good for for a game with Chase Daniel, and then they sucked ass. Chase Daniel, though, is always, uh, you know, we were. I was talking to this, uh, among some friends. I think Chase Daniel is one of these guys who, who, who let's see, would I want to play 14 years – as a backup or seven as a starter. And I think he's one of these guys, he did the math. You know, I can I can get more years as a backup and holding a clipboard and be healthier because he could, and uh, apparently he's had some offers, and he, he could have gone, but he'd rather be a backup in a good situation than a starter in a bad situation. No, well, you know, I mean, if, if you're if you're him, would you rather, because he, he, and he's been, he's moved around, he's been in, uh, for a long time, he was with the Saints. And, you know, I mean, would you rather be a backup to do Drew Brees or, or work at the Bears and maybe get in a little bit? Or would you rather start and be part of that abortion in Miami? You know, so. Yeah, I'd rather. I'd take a backup any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, it's a real, it's not a bad gig, is it? No, you know, and it's. Cons- a baseball hat. And- <laughs> it's consistent money, and you're not. Good taking- money, too. Well, yeah, it's good money. You're not making the $30 million a year, but then you're not paying taxes on the 30 mil either. You're making, you know, four or five a year for twice as long. Yeah, it's exactly. And I think that, I think, you know, somebody like him's done the math and, you know, I can do this for a long time. Yeah. And be able to walk when I'm 60. Well, shit, how long was, uh, was Sanchez in the in the league as a backup quarterback, Mister Butt Fumble? And and there's guys even before that going back when we were kids, like uh, Don Strock with the Dolphins and, and all these. You know, I mean Zeke Bradkowski, remember, with the Packers and went on with a couple other teams. Professional backups. Yeah, it just you know Earl Morrill. There's there's the the NFL history is littered with them. So yeah, that's kind of like the NBA with dudes on the end of the bench. There you go. And. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'll be surprised if you look at everybody's roster, a couple of those guys at the end of the bench, like, oh, God, he's still around? Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish was an all-pro, and he played until he was, like, 44. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's sitting back smoking weed all day. Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta love With it. With that, we'll talk to you next time on the on the Green and Gold NNL podcast.